My hair always looks perfect. I mean... Yes, Rory, we <laughs> I mean, I guess. Not all of us can be born with hair like fucking Fabio. Gary's I not had even your in hair the in the eighth grade. <laughs> you had my hair in eighth grade? Yeah. You wish. Oh, bestie. Right. Make it full screen. Oh, God, why? I don't like full screen. We literally talked about this. Yeah, I know, but it's better for the recording, don't you think? You can see. <laughs> no, it changes nothing. Okay, I'm gonna, it's fine. All right. I have a hairbrush if you want it. No, it's got too much fucking hairspray in it. Anyways, um, are we recording? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Should, that should just be the B intro. B-roll. Hi, guys. Welcome back to the No Apologies podcast. You're not welcome back. Oh, well, <laughs> some of you are. I accept you, and you are welcome. I don't feel welcome back. <laughs> well, no. He attacked her upon I've been entrance. Okay. I've been bullied. I've been... No, I didn't. I'm innocent, I have man. been stereotyped. <laughs> what? Oh, my God. And bullied. He made a comment about her ears, and I made Can the joke. Sorry, I wasn't gonna bring it back up. But now that we're on the topic, <laughs> anyways. Okay, you know, so this mind. week I can't tuck my hair behind my ears. This week we are going to be talking about yet another film and another album. So this week's film is called Arrival. Yes, it is fabulous. We loved it. It's amazing. We okay, let's talk about it. I wanna. Uh, I just want to say that. He did such a good job of setting the movie up. Yes, he did. Like, from the very start, Preach. when she's like, I always used to think as time is this linear Wait, thing. Wait, can I reset my, my vibe? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Zoning oh my, my vibe is reset. Okay. Okay, I don't hate you guys anymore. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> okay, we're all zen now. Let's continue. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, does anyone know how to pronounce the director's last name? Wait, let me no. see. Do you see it? I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna... I'm not even gonna try. Keep this, I'm just cut this off. Oh, it's... Wait, no, Villeneuve! Denis Villeneuve. Denis Villeneuve. Denis Villeneuve. What? Like... Denis Villeneuve. You didn't know it was no? Damn. No, I did. I I'm just... a smart one. <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. Because you're big ears. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, oh, she's gone. Go and go and gone. <laughs> Um, oh but God. on to... What does that have to do with anything? <laughs> on to my first comment um, at the table today. I just reset my vibe. <laughs> Your vibe is now reset. It's all love here, bro. <laughs> it's okay. I have small hands. Like. Shut the fuck up. We don't need to be talking about size. That could, you know, if you catch what I mean, drift on to another topic that's very inappropriate. Um, at least with my mind, the way it works. But anyways, on to my comments of the film. Um, so what I did was, as soon as, like, because we have a group chat, of course, where, like, we discuss ideas, and we decided that, like, Arrival was going to be the one we watched, so... Because Dune is coming out. Uh-huh. And it's and, the same director. So yeah, so it's kind of connected, of course. And so I went and I watched the trailer, and when I tell you that I knew this was going to be a good film by, based on that trailer... I knew it. I was yeah. like, the lighting, the play of color, the like filtration on the scenes yeah. and everything, so amazing. So then I like instantly went to Hulu, like, and I borrowed it from my roommate because we share Hulu, and um, as most college kids do sometimes. And um, I started watching it, and when I tell you, like, I was just so mesmerized by each scene, I couldn't stop to like take it in. I tried, but I was like, no, I, I have to keep going. I have to keep going. And by the end of it, I didn't even go back and look at shots. I literally just took a whole page of notes. 
you know, I don't know what themes that y'all picked up on, but just to, like, go over a few that, like, stood out to me, um, I love the fact that there's finally, like, a legit film that talks about how time is linear. Because it's taking me, like, a you while. You mean non-linear? Well, non-linear. My bad. The, like, the only reason I'm happy that, like, they have a film about it now that talks about it is because, like, I mean... For at least since I've gotten into college and, like, you know, started, like, opening my eyes a little bit more to the universe, like, I've come to more more or less believe that, if that makes sense. Yeah. And then also, one of the things that really made me, like, stay geared in was the fact that it was, like, all about communication. And, like, Mm -hmm. how sometimes... Languages. Yeah. Yeah, Like, how sometimes you just have to take a step back and quite literally look at the bigger picture and put your differences aside, you know? Well, so... I want to say, I first saw this movie... And it was, like, 2019, maybe 2018, and it was, like, 2 a.m., and I was just like, you know, let's just watch this movie. And then I watched it. I had no idea about it. I don't watch trailers for movies. I go into things completely blind. I feel like I get way better experiences out of it that way. And I I just love not knowing anything about stuff when I go, at at least art. So I go into this movie blind, not knowing anything about it. I didn't know... I'd seen Blade Blade Runner twenty forty nine before, and that's the same director. I didn't know these are the same director. And then I finished the movie, and I was just like, "What the hell was that? That was so good! Like, it was so like the whole the whole film." And I think y'all will agree is one of the trippiest films that I've watched in quite a while because, like, with me, in terms of like textures and patterns in certain shots, like this film is more or less like great, like landscaping you see a lot of land and stuff but in the scene where spoiler alert if you don't want to listen because of that sorry um the scene where they are squirting the ink onto the screen and it forms the circle and how that's a representation of like how you know their language yeah Yeah. Yeah. and it's just so like it's a mind melt it really is like it's crazy which is why i encourage everyone to watch it well i think like it's not that the circle represents, like, time isn't linear. I, I think it's that their language has no concept of time. Yeah. Like, yeah it's it was not, like there's no beginning or end, like, to how they write. Yeah, it. like, there's not, like, when did it happen? Yeah. It's just, like, a constant thing for them. Uh-huh. And, like, for the shots, like, one of my favorite shots was, like, when... Um, uh, Amy Adams was like in the helicopter and she was first going to the shell. I have a And the, to say the clouds too. were yeah. like. Oh my god, that. we're rolling in. Yes, yeah, that was so just, cool. That so, was awesome. so here's what I loved about that whole sequence from the mm-hmm. time you see them in the, in the helicopter to the time the clouds roll in. The lighting in the helicopter. And the music, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, my yes. God. I was so focused on the lighting and how it contrasted on their face. Because, like, the reason I love, especially in horror films and, like, psychological thrillers, is, like, when you combine, like, red over here and blue in the back and it comes forward against them, it makes their face purple. It, like, silhouettes it. Yeah. And it makes it more ominous in the whites of their eyes, especially on Forest and then, Whitaker. Yeah, and then they come up in the helicopters, and, like, it's all this green. Yes. And it's, like, freshly yeah. mowed grass. Yeah. And then the clouds are gray, and the, the shell is black. And yeah. it's just Which, that dark... scene, I like the contrast, because it's been so dark yeah. for yes. the rest of the film. Yes. Yeah. And, like, really, like, blue-tinted and but like, also, kind of hard like, to see. But... One, of the, one of the things that, like, I really loved in terms of, like, contrast, which I'm so glad we're talking about it, but one of the things I loved about the contrast of the film was 
in the scene where like they go up for the first time they enter they've got the hazmat suits on and everything and then like they're walking or whatever i think if i remember correctly and then all of a sudden they're like do you feel that? Do you see that? And then you see like they're upside down or something. Yeah, and no, they throw the glow stick yeah. up. Yeah, and then it just like kind of stops uh-huh. going up, and it just falls, and yeah. it's like, oh my god! Like they were like, yeah, that yeah. just happened. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. But what I love the most is like everything around them was soot black, and then like yeah. their hazmat suits were like freaking flaming orange. Yeah, yeah. and then it. there's like the the white of the. Uh, of where the heptapods are yeah. and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but also that? another like really good scene where they use color is towards the end yeah. when uh, they're all leaving and uh, she's making the phone call to Shang in China yeah. and she's going in the tents and it's all like red. Yeah. And it's like this has or an orange and you're like, okay, this phone call is like important and yeah. has to happen mm-hmm. and whatnot and yeah. stuff like that. But yeah. And also, like, I can't even remember because, like, that's how good this film was. Normally, I'm able to keep up with plot fairly well, but with how well done this film was cinematography-wise, I could not. It was very difficult, but that just means it's even better when you really understand it. But one thing that I still, like, am having trouble understanding was, like, what was the birdcage a symbol of? If the if the bird died, the radiation was too high. Oh, okay. I thought they used it as a standard for, like, sound because it was chirping. Oh. Yeah. And I, did you notice, like, at the end whenever she was looking at her kid's drawing and it was of a birdcage yeah. on the drawing, yeah. too? Yeah, it's a good Easter egg. Well, yeah. I really, well, I could be wrong. I just thought because they were showing the radiation symbols and then they were showing the bird next yeah. to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's just what I figured. Which I love that because that reminds me of another really good, like, shot film in my opinion um a couple years back i mean it made its way into meme culture it was so good and that's bird box you know they oh, use yeah. the birds for sound you know because yeah. they went up in their eyes but same thing with this only with radiation let's talk about the plot a little yeah. bit because it, they did such a good job of setting it up yeah. and like because like if you go back and watch the movie like when they're talking about a numb zero game and mm-hmm. whatnot and oh, yeah. she's like Ask your father. He's a scientist. Yeah. And, and it's just like, and this whole time you don't know that, like, all this stuff with the daughter yeah. is happening after yeah, this. Yeah, and it's not before. Yes, and, and they do such a good job because Amy Adams, is her character is depressed. She's sad. She's melancholic. And, you know, she's on the phone with her mother. Mm-hmm. And her mother is asking her if she's okay. And yeah. she's like, yeah, I'm fine. And... It's just leading you to believe that all this stuff with the daughter happened before the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, also, you know, when it started touching on, like, you know, how she was, like, seeing those visions and everything, like, obviously, like, I knew that it was because of, like, her ability to communicate with them and that, like, common Mm -hmm. connection that she had, you know, from a neurological standpoint. But honestly, at first, I didn't think it was that. I thought that, like, the visions were clairvoyancy. I was like, she's seeing things that are, like, eventually going to happen. And, like, I mean, you know, as a spiritualist especially, like, I do research all the time about, you know, crazy rabbit hole stuff like that. And apparently that's what, like, clairvoyancy is like. Like, you see very quick subliminal images in your head and then you later on see it in real life. Yeah, I always thought that it was, like... like her thinking about her past that Mm -hmm. was like debilitating her because she was having like traumatic experiences yeah and like i can understand that especially because like you know when you go through like traumatic events at such an early on age there tends to be like a 
I call it like an incubation period where it's like they're sitting and lying dormant and then all of a sudden when you hit a certain age, practically around our age or whatever, it really starts to flood back and it can start to flood back in terms of like quick subliminal mental images that your subconscious mind gives you. So, yeah. Yeah. but that's just me on my hippie shit, so. I just know, <laughs> I just know like when I first saw the movie and and she got in the scene where she's like talking to the heptapod. Yeah. Uh, and she's like, whose daughter is this? I was no. just like, no way. I know, that's why I was like confused. She was like, who, what, like, why? Who's, who is and this then girl? the scene after that, and she's talking to her daughter, and like everything's like going frantic, and then all of a sudden you just hear her daughter pick up a, sto- a stone, and it's all silent, and then she's like, why did daddy leave? And then she's like, because I told him something he didn't want to hear. Yeah. So and- that made me think, like, did she tell him that the daughter was going to die? Yes, because no? she was like, because then after that, she was like, uh, uh, there's a rare disease yeah, that no yeah, one can yeah. stop. Yeah. And, uh, but also, like, you have to think she knew her daughter was going to die. Mm-hmm. But I and also, she still got with him. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, like, I just... The and when, whole, at the end when she, like, hugged him for the first time, and she was like, I forgot how good it felt to hold you or something, yes. I was like... The whole... No, listen. Yeah. My heart. Listen, like, the whole time that, like, the ending, like, and that whole sequence was happening, the only thing that came into my mind, and I have it written in my notes, was like, dear God, like, that must be agonizing. Mm-hmm. I could yeah. never handle yeah. that, especially, like, you know with learning about like how clairvoyancy works and everything having mm-hmm. to sit knowing something that heavy which i mean it may be possible i don't put anything outside of the realm of possibility you know but just the thought of it yeah. like, but damn. also like at the beginning of the movie she's like i'm not so sure things have a beginning and an ending so like what if she's just like and we don't see this motive. She can go back to the past now. Yeah. Because she understands yeah. that language. Yeah. So her living with her daughter is always happening to her. That's what I was kind of thinking. I'm like, does she have to repeat this all the time? Yeah. yeah. And not just have a knowledge of it, but like. Yeah. yeah. And then also another like really good scene of that that uh, exemplifies their language is like when they go up there and uh, the two are Costello and Abbott, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The heptopods. And then Abbott takes a second. To come up. Yeah. And it's because Abbott knows he's going to die from that explosion. And he's wow. like... and he's like, The fact that they were trying to warn them, too, yes. and they were, like, knocking on the glass. I yes. was like, oh, my God. And That's why I felt really bad when, like... And I felt, like, so empathetic towards the aliens because everyone else was, like, declaring war on them. And I'm like, yeah. no, just listen to them. Yes, like, they're not exactly. harmful. And, like, that brings me to, like, another topic. So, like, you know ironically you know in a weird kind of way um this film was much more complex than the one i'm about to allude to but like um when i was younger a film that absolutely sent chills down my spine for no reason was like war of the worlds with tom cruise Mm -hmm. and that was because like the whole point of that film in my opinion or the main idea was to show just how barbaric we humans can get when Mm -hmm. we turn Mm -hmm. to fear and like the anxiety takes in and then you know you have to worry about what everyone else is doing next thing you know you got bars on your window and stuff like that like i mean it just terrified me and i kind of feel that way too about this one yeah i know you were talking that's what i was gonna say like when they when everybody when the world power started disconnecting yeah and like not speaking to each other and when it was saying on the news like violence is coming up like it wasn't the aliens no because they seem perfectly 
They're in their zone. Peacefully. Yes. They're doing yeah. whatever. It was the people. I was like, humanity scares me. Yeah. yeah. But that was like the most ominous part for me. Yeah. But what I liked, a little bit of what I liked is uh, they they were like, offer a weapon, which is yeah. like a mistranslation in my opinion. Yeah. It was more so like a gift. And like, but what I thought was cool is General Shang was rejected it. Yeah. And he was like, yo, don't take this weapon. We have to unite against them. Like, even if humanity was in the wrong for going to war against them, General Shang wasn't taking advantage of the weapon they could have. Yeah. And he exactly. was... And but I thought that was he cool. was the first one to declare war, war. right? Yes, yeah. but he was also... But they, he listened they, to her. Yeah, and they called him the Big Domino. And then at the end, he was like... Yeah, they listened to her because uh, she said... Uh, his, his wife's dying, dying words, words. Yeah. 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 And true. I thought that whole sequence was cool. Yeah. When he was like, I came here to talk to you. Here's and my then, private number. Yes, when he <laughs> gave her the number and he was like, she was like, well, now he was like, well, now you have it. Because she yeah. was like, I don't have your number. Yeah. So that made me think also, it's like that, if if he didn't do that, would she still have his number yes. in the past? You exactly. Know? Mm-hmm. And like, so that makes me think that the stuff that happened with the daughter had to happen. Mm-hmm. And like, she had to get with, uh, you know, Renner's character and just be with him and she knew her daughter was gonna die and she just couldn't do anything about it which sucks yeah that sucks so much but it also like made me think like what if the memories we saw at the beginning of the movie were memories she was having then before she ever yeah that's what i'm saying like i feel like it the movie actually starts during the whole alien thing and we're just seeing flashbacks or something yeah or flash forwards yeah. yeah It was, yes, it was such an interesting movie. And one of the main parts I liked was when he figured out the fractions of 1 out of 12. Like, they yes, deciphered yeah. that. I was like, oh, my God. And he was like, you want to know what this decimal means? And I was like, oh, my God, what is it? <laughs> and it was like 1 out of 12. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. I read a, um, so when I was, like, looking at, like, um, other reviews to, like, get people's different viewpoints or whatever and, like, how they interpreted things, um, I read a rather funny comment in one of the uh, videos or underneath one of the videos and it said that one of the main themes that I got from this film was that it's hella easier for humans and aliens to communicate than government to communicate with humans. Basically. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I was like, spot on, man. Yeah. Right on. <laughs> um, two of the things that like reoccurred twice that I liked was at the beginning, she said, come back to me or something to her daughter. Yes. At yeah. one point, and then when she died, she said that. And yep. then at the end, they had the same opening shot of panning over the ceiling and down to like the ocean view mm-hmm. as they did at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, I, I thought this whole movie was good. Even the second time I watched it when I knew the twist, I still thought it was awesome. And yeah. I saw so many more things of foreshadowing, also, like I said. did they mention that Hannah's name in the film? I can't remember. Did they mention if it was um, a palindrome? They did. Yeah, okay. yeah they did. Okay. Like, that's remember. why she named her that was yeah. because of oh, the okay. whole time. And, and the, yeah, um, and she's like, I'm not sure things have a beginning and an ending. And I yeah. was like, oh my gosh. And yeah. And even in one portion, she was teaching her how to spell her name forwards, and then she was like, and now backwards, H-A-N-N-A-H. Oh, okay. Like, she said it backwards yeah. as well. And one of my other favorite things about the movie was when uh, she's talking to Renner in her room, and he talks about the theory where once you start to learn someone else's language, you yeah. dream in that language. Yeah. And, and then the alien was, like, standing yes. in front of her, and she was, like, dreaming or whatever, yeah. and she was like, that doesn't mean I'm not capable. But that also, like, pulls you away. Yeah. Like, from the idea that uh the the flash forwards she's having 
are like that they're flash forwards Mm -hmm. it alludes to them being like flashbacks still yeah which i i thought was super cool because they put the alien in the room and it's just yeah it's so interesting what i liked about how the movie was set up in the timeline was to me it read like like it it watched like you were reading a book yeah and the way it unfolded and i really like that yeah and then like one final comment that i have and then um we can like move on to the album is um like, yes, this film is, like, technically a sci-fi film, and, like, it has a lot of, you know, like, time travel concepts in it or whatever. Um, but, like, I honestly, like, think there's a bit of, like, a spiritual side to it. I know that sounds super true. I mean, there's even, like, like, commentary on, like, humanitarian but, like, yeah, stuff. Yeah. But, like, here's the reason why. Um, the film, like, in my opinion, like, it really hits on being present in mind, body, and spirit. Not even in a religious sense, but, like, just in a life sense like Mm -hmm. you know you can't think about your past too much you know and you definitely sure as hell can't think about the future because with me that scares me you know and so like if you're in the moment and like you're spending time with each other like you know what else matters you know Mm -hmm. just let it come as it may yeah like i'll say from the beginning of the film i thought it started out kind of weird and like kind of fast, like it was almost confusing yeah. in some parts. Yeah, but it but slows down. But by the end of it, it made all of it made sense, and that's mm-hmm. why I really liked it. And yeah. the, like the end scenes when she's like, now it's flashing forward to her yeah. life when they're together and stuff. Yeah, I'm like, oh my god, I was crying and like it, a baby. Yeah, it's like the best plot twist in the past twenty years. In my yeah. opinion, like I never saw it coming. And I will never forget when I first saw it because I thought the movie was pretty all right, and then it goes. Whose daughter is this? And I'm just like, no what? way, yeah. bro. Yeah. <laughs> what? It's so good. And I'm not into, like, sci-fi stuff. Yeah. But it's, it's, like, so much more than that. Yeah. If yeah. you watch Blade Runner 2, there's a twist in that movie, too, that you don't see coming that's also super good. And I, he's, I, I'm excited to see Dune. That's all I can say. Yeah. Like, after I think we should watch it because yeah, yeah. I'm down. <laughs> totally. If it's anything remotely similar to this one, um, count me in, sis. Yeah. <laughs> So, let's move on to the album, shall we? So, as you heard in the intro, the album that we are reviewing is an album called 1990. And would you like to tell them who the artist is? Yes, it's by Daniel Johnston. So, I have some background on him. He is a part of this, like, movement that's, like, outsider music. Yeah. Which is basically, like, people... It's, like, self-taught artists, like, very childlike and they're mm-hmm. like using their mental illness it's like a big influence in their music and stuff okay. like that i can tell love that yeah, yeah so like other artists would be like brian wilson from the beach boys yeah. like sid barrett from pink well, floyd he made most of his music oh, appropriate. on brian wilson there he made most of his music on acid yeah and well that's what caused his like mental, mental illness yeah, yeah and then when he was done doing like drugs and whatnot he was like, I don't know how to make music anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was pretty sad, but... It is. Um, like, Wesley Willis, he's more of a smaller one, and then, like, Tiny Tim. Yeah, even. I know Tiny Tim. Um, so, Daniel Johnston had a bipolar disorder, and he frequented, frequented um, like, psychiatric institutions, and during this album, he was in and out of institutions a lot. Yeah. Um, so, a lot of this Which, was either home recordings, studio recordings, or, like, church but recordings. But I love that. Yeah, but yeah. Like, here's, like, you know, as I was listening on Spotify, it was also telling me the information about how he battled with BPD and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's very interesting that he was in and out during the recording of yeah. institutions. And honestly, 
institutions and like the mental uh, health care system, particularly in this area of the world, has almost like caused an irrational fear of me to like be sent to one because yeah. you never know how you're going to be treated, especially as a gay man. Because I mean, God knows we were being sent off, you know, like crazy back in the 60s to mental institutions. But anyways, that's besides the point. Um, but yeah, no, that now that you mentioned that and like now that I read that on Spotify, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. And when yeah. you listen to this, you can... You can kind of stereotype if you don't know his story and Very stuff much, yeah. because he's been in and out of a mental institution. It kind of yeah. makes the recordings like more haunting. And that's why, like, it's, I have many albums that I only reserve for myself as well as, you know, y'all two or like other people that are closest in my circle. Yeah. Um, and this is one of them just simply because I feel as though if you were to, you know, go to some random party on a Saturday after a football game and they give you the ox cord and you start playing this. If I started playing this, <laughs> they would be like, give it back. Yeah, they no, would. Literally, oh they, would, they would look at you, they'd be like, hand it back and call your therapist. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's what makes it so powerful. No, they wouldn't, they wouldn't, they wouldn't take it back from you. They would just look at you and, and then after the song and they would be like, okay, let's put on more vibey music. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, yeah. But, this isn't something put on a break. So, yeah. Um, before we get into this album, did you guys listen to Walking the Cow from Hi Howard? Uh, yeah. No? Oh, my God. Okay. That's okay. So, that's, like, one of my all-time favorite songs. You should yeah. listen to it. It's, like, really good. That whole record, I think, is really good, and it's, like, one of his earliest. Yeah. I feel like I've listened to it before. I've actually listened to um, some uh, some things last a long time. And well, that's on this one, isn't it? Yeah, and yeah. True Love Will Find You in the End. That's I've on this heard, one, too, I think. I've heard both of those before. And I just didn't realize. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think True Love, I Will Find You in the End, I heard a cover by Beck. A lot of people are, like, really influenced by his song. Like, Lana yes. Del Rey, yeah. she mm-hmm. stated as being super influenced by him. Yeah, and, like, you know, I think, honestly, now that you mentioned that, because I didn't even know she had mentioned that, but, like, it makes total sense. Her, I think she covered... Her themes, One of those songs her that themes are very similar to his, yeah. where yeah. she talks about mental illness. But I'm just going to start at the top, because this review of this album was longer than my review for the film. So, basically, like, I love the acapella opening. I think that is an awesome way to start yeah. any album. Yeah. Um, it sounds not too filtered, as you mentioned, like, the home mm-hmm. recordings, which is great. And I also oh, want to I thought that was the produced one. Oh, you right. okay. Like, one? De- Devil Town? Uh-huh. Right, I yeah. thought that was the producer one, and you could obviously I mean, possibly tell. maybe that was probably one of the tell. I listened on I listened on my TV, so it probably filtered. Um, I do want to preface like he has a, a big interest in like Satan, yes, and, yeah, I and, could tell and God, it. but like really, if a well, lot of no. his drawings are of Satan, I should have brought one of the prints I did. It I did is one literally. Of them. Like, what you're saying and what I have in my notes are literally like two railroad tracks that come together. Yeah, I literally um, wrote in my next note. Uh, I misspelled that word. I don't know what that word is. Um, let's see. It has like a like a Manson cult vibe almost to me. Like it. And the reason I mentioned that I is because that. okay, well, the they want to kill that, people. I never got well, that. No, like, <laughs> yeah, the reason yeah. I mentioned that is because like the one of the dominant instruments used is just a simple guitar. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's what like Manson guitar, did. Yeah. He played guitar all the time, and I'm just like, you know what? He's talking about. Satan. But see, that's another stereotype yeah. of just mental illness, yeah. right? Why should we compare his just because he plays a simple guitar? Yeah, to Marilyn exactly. Manson. Yeah, not yeah. Marilyn Manson. Oh my yeah. gosh, <laughs> Charles, Charles Manson. Manson. Which not to you know, not to you know. <laughs> I mean, in, let's like be I was about to say not to inflict <laughs> any of that, but like you know, I don't want to think. I don't want people that are like are listening to think you know I'm comparing and like you know 
stereotype yeah, mental yeah. illness. I'm just saying, like, the first thing that came to mind when I heard, like, the, the graspy voice and, like, the mm-hmm. guitar, I'm like, this sounds kind of like Manson. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm here for it, you know? And um, I would love to see... Either. Oh, it's Spirit. <laughs> Spirit is the one that gave me the Manson vibe. Okay, um, hold on. But I would love to see an electric version, an electric yeah. guitar. Yeah. Well, Spirit. I thought Devil Town was... Uh, I, I loved how Devil Town transitioned into uh, Spirit World Rising because mm-hmm. they're pretty much, like, in the same key... And Devil Town, I think is, I think that's the produced song because some of these songs are produced. Yeah. And then you go into Spirit World Rising, and it almost, it almost like plays into each other. Like I can hear the production quality change because one, the guitar just sounds way different, and two, his vocals are just like super echoey and yeah. in the background, yeah. but yeah. they're still prominent. Exactly. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. And the guitar is like so out of tune in this yeah. one. Have it you does. guys ever heard? Uh, Karen O's uh, crush crush songs. I don't think uh, so. It's mm-hmm. uh Karen O like she was part of uh, Yeah Yeah Yeahs, and she made this whole acoustic album and then she lost it and then she found it again and she put it out and it's one of her most favorite albums. But the whole time I was listening to this, I was like, this is the same studio quality as that. She just he recorded yeah. that song in his in his bedroom. Pretty yeah, much. basically. Yeah. Um. So, Held the Hand. Are we are we done with the other one? Um, yeah. Um, we can move on to Held the Hand because I have some comments. This is like one. the first piano song. We've yeah. yeah. So and one of my I, favorites is like him playing piano. So, I, I have like a question piano. because like, I mean, I was a percussionist for many years, but I didn't learn mallet percussion. So, I don't know necessarily how, you know, the system works with, you know, like notes and like letters and everything. Yeah. Um, is there like a minor chord at one point or at multiple points in this? Honestly, I, I can't it, remember. I feel like it's just played out of key. Yeah, a lot of it is. Or out of tune. If yeah, yeah he just doesn't care. Yeah, okay, and well, I, love I love that. that. Like, he just he just doesn't tune when he, what, it's, uh, he's like, playing. You can tell he has feeling when he plays, but yeah. he, like, doesn't care that it sounds good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, to me, kind of had, like, a Let It Be Beatles vibe. Yeah. Which he's very influenced by the Beatles, if you listen especially I, to no, his other I stuff. No, I mean, he covered a Beatles song yeah. on this album. Yeah, he did. So. Uh, it, which was very out of tune as well. And I loved um, it. I, it was whole, so good. I was like, this is a studio recording. Like, the Beatles would just be doing this for fun. Yeah. And, like, that's what I want to say. Like, to me, there are a few ways to make music. One is you make music for yourself. Mm-hmm. You make music for others. Or you make it for money. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times, people do it for a mix of the three. Or, like, you know, they're making music for others and themselves. But this album, like... He probably was making it for other people, but so much of it, he just, it felt like he was just making it for himself. It's like for coping. Yeah, he wanted to make himself happy. He didn't care what other people thought. And like, that is that is directly something that relates back to Lana. I'm so glad you mentioned that because like y'all both know I'm obsessed with her. Um, like she literally she does that. Like she talks about that. How like when she was 19, 18, whatever, she was just she loved making music. So she literally went out to Coney Island one day mm-hmm. and held up her phone and started singing. But what's so special about that was when she would sing. Um, you could actually hear the ocean in the background, mm-hmm. the people talking and walking by. Oh, yeah, and you There could hear was one that. of them yes. where you could... Oh, it was like... I think it was done in church. I don't know which one it was, Honey, but you could hear people you, coughing sh- in the background. I got a shit ton of notes um, on that one. Um, uh, was okay. it... Oh, go on. Go. No, you go ahead. I think it was Careless Soul, right? Pro- oh, yeah, maybe, maybe. That was close to the end, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I and put, it's just him singing. Mm-hmm. And you hear oh my all god, the people. his voice yes. cracks in that one, and he like almost starts crying. Yes. Which one is this? Careless, Careless Soul. Soul. I thought that was one of that, my favorite. That was one of them recorded in church, Favorites. I think. And yes. 
That one, oh my god. Well, so so was a softly and tenderly, right? Yeah, that's just that like, was just like a, a chorus. chorus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so like, what I like most about his storytelling is like it's very conversational. Yeah, like his songs don't have like any type of they're folksy. Yeah, you know? I want to talk about funeral home in particular. That's a mm-hmm. folk song. That's a, that's a folk song, like Funeral Home, um, and, and he gets everyone to start singing in. Yeah, yeah. and he's like, again, he's like, louder. <laughs> well, here's the thing that I found interesting about that one. Initially, when I started listening, I was like, I don't think I'm going to be able to sit through it. Because mm-hmm. it just, it's not put together. But then I, I understood, like, as a critic and as a reviewer, instead of saying, you know, to myself, oh, you don't like it because it doesn't sound put together and composed, take a step back and understand that, like, that's probably the point. Mm-hmm. Like, it's supposed mm-hmm. to feel like... You're at a venue somewhere, and there's someone trying to get you to sing. Yeah. And I just loved that track in particular because, like, it's just, it it put a twist on me. Like, it really did. Like, I've never, I don't think, have, have ever had a song that did that where I started listening, and I was like, I can't do this, I can't do this. And then I take a step back and look at it, and I'm like, okay, I can vibe yeah. with it. Yeah. And it's very dismal, but, like, people are, like, laughing and having fun yeah. at the beginning. Yes, They're like, this is funny. This yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah, I love, it's... Pr- it's like a western song like you yeah. would go to montana and like mm-hmm. just sing that song yeah in, in a old bar or mm-hmm. something yeah. and then like for me personally the one that like really really hit home and i like this is the one i freaked out about a while ago um when y'all mentioned like it being sung in a church um softly and tenderly caused me to have probably the highest mental dosage of nostalgia that i've ever had in 22 years yeah, yeah. and i will tell you why it's because i grew up a southern methodist that is exactly what my childhood sounded like mm-hmm. you can hear the baby crying in the background that was gonna say that was like my favorite thing is just yeah. hearing the baby, baby in the background and at the very end if you pay close attention it's a very specific niche sound but you can hear as everyone sits down on the pews yeah and you hear yes. them rustling around mm-hmm. it's just so atmospheric i love that I love as an it. album closer it made yeah. so much sense when it's having to do so much with this like internal battle with like Satan yes. and like God yeah. and things and like it, that. It literally, it literally sounds as though he took like a mini microphone and just recorded. Yeah, well, he usually did it on cassette tapes and yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. And um, let's see, what's some other ones that I have some notes about? Some of the best ones to me are like "Some Things Last a Long Time," "Tears, Stupid Tears," "Don't Play Cards with Satan," and "True Love Will Find You in the End." Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, "Some Things Last a Long Time" is is one of my favorites mm-hmm. of the album. Like. Your picture is still on my wall. The colors are bright as ever. Yeah. That's one of my favorite lyrics off the album. Yeah, and, it's so good. And like you said, uh, the Tears, Stupid Tears, that's mm-hmm. another really good one. And it was just track after track. And yeah. I loved that he, um, this, I'm glad you mentioned Tears, Stupid Tears, because that's one I made a note about. I loved that all throughout the chorus, he um, used nature as a metaphor. Yeah. yeah. I absolutely mm-hmm. thought it was beautiful. Um, it went really well with the vibe. And also, like, how he crescendos, like, his voice at the end for the final saying of the mm-hmm. title. Yeah. It really struck me. I was like, damn. Yeah. And it's, like, kind of, like, self-blaming, too. Yeah. It's like... I mean, yeah. really and truly, like, I honestly think if you give this to someone who is knowledgeable about what art and music is and how the two merge together, kind of, it'll really blow them out of the park. Really mm-hmm. and truly, especially if they read up on the history. But this is just an album where it's niche like it's only a certain group of people can you know relate to it and understand its messaging and because of that factor um i'm rating it like nine out of ten i'm not gonna give Mm -hmm. it a perfect ten ten but (laughs) i'm gonna give it a nine out of ten because like 
that's how I got into Lana. And now that you mentioned that, like, you know, she took some inspiration from him, mm-hmm. makes me love him even more. Yeah. So, you know, there you go. That's if we that. look at, like, Don't Play Cards with Satan, it reminded me a lot of, like, Robert Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yep. just sold my soul to the devil. Mm-hmm. I got, like, um, some, like, neutral Milk Hotel vibes. And, like, back in their early days, because they, it was just, like, Jeff, uh, God, I can't remember his last name, but the lead singer of Neutral Milk Hotel, it was pretty much just him playing acoustic guitar, and he would just write down lyrics, like, on the back of cigarette cartons and whatnot, and I don't know, I just got super vo- uh, folk vibes from this, and mm-hmm. I'm for it. Folk is one of my favorite genres of music. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I just love it. I think, like, when I listen to this album, I mean, I will definitely come back to this, like, you know, when it's like a lazy night and I just need to like drift off to something that's very mm-hmm. emotional like if I've had a bad day um excuse me um but yeah no I just love that like I mean I listen to it and I get like kind of like what you were saying like cigarette smoke and a bar and like there's people there and yeah. we're literally not focused on sounding good or what instruments are there mm-hmm. you're just like we were talking about with the film in the moment you know, and you just happen to bring your phone and you take it out and record. You know, yeah. it's very much that, and yeah. I love it. I would definitely recommend everyone just like checking out all yeah. of his other stuff. Yeah. He has yeah. so many albums, and they're all kind of like this. Yeah, they're all self-recorded. Yeah, all like, the art he does it himself, like yeah. album art and stuff. Yeah, and like <laughs> I cool. think at least with like the area of like the state, Alabama, whatever that I come from, music like this is like very frowned upon because. The adults, the parents, the teachers, staff, whatever you want to call it, they, like, get on edge when students, when they find students and, you know, sons and daughters listening to this because, or something like this, because, like, they're afraid that it's going to cause them to, you know, find an aesthetic or, you know, go down, like, some kind of spiral hole, whatever, you know, that leads them to a dangerous life. Very stereotypical is what I'm trying to say. And honestly, though, like, I'm saying, like, get out of your comfort zone, man. Like, Mm -hmm. try a new album that talks about, you know, deep, depressing stuff. Because let me tell you something. If you do, if you're going through a hard time and you do listen to something like this, um, it'll open your eyes. That's what Lana did for me. Well, it's like, it seems like it's like he just wants to talk about the devil. And a lot of his drawings had depictions of the devil, things like that. But it's really something everybody can relate to, I think, because mm-hmm. it's this just struggle it's of, like... It's about battling your own demons. Yeah, yeah and, and, like, what you believe in stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's just about finding happiness, too. And, like, you mm-hmm. know, that's something that I love about it, because as soon as I pulled up the playlist, or not the playlist, but the album on Spotify, and I saw that some of the song titles were talking about Satan and, like, cards, I'm like, these are two things that when they get paired together, I love, because it's like, you've got this, you know, like tarot card feel where it's like you know future present you know and past or whatever and then you've got satan and how people are selling their soul it's just it all comes together to make one niche cocktail and i'm like i love it yeah it talks about selling your soul and like if you're famous you know like we talked about that with sunset boulevard you know Mm -hmm. like i love it never gets old yeah he's just very vulnerable Mm -hmm. i like it yeah yes it's It's real that's one of my favorite things about folk is how vulnerable it is and like there's this whole uh genre of music that has been around for a long time but it's like punk folk and it's pretty much just like punk lyrics like original punk lyrics like 80 punk 80s punk lyrics and whatnot not like green day and stuff guys but um like no offense green day but (laughs) but original uh punk lyrics and just folk and stripped down and it's bare and when i listen to this i get i get vibes like that but just 
this is a lot more genuine and it's a lot more heartfelt and about depression than it is mm-hmm. about being angry with society. Basically, yeah. these tapes are like his diary. You know? Yeah, He's yes, just that's writing what it down what he like. feels, yeah. you know? I mean, honestly, though, do y'all think that if there was like a modernized version of it with like more sound effects and more like digitalization it wouldn't be as good that's, that's <laughs> i like how terrible it sounds yeah, me too. that's what that's what folk is about though like it's about being stripped down and it's more of an emphasis on the lyrics yeah. and emotions than yeah. what the music brings <laughs> yeah definitely but yeah it's like i give it like a nine too i think yeah. it's super yeah. good same same both of them, the film and the album, have a nine out of ten. Honestly, the only yeah, reason honestly, I don't yeah, nine out of ten. Well, only well, I give the movie a, a ten. I give the movie a ten. Give that was 10? such a good movie. Okay. Yeah, I think it had perfect pacing. You know, like it changed my mind. That's yeah. so it could. Yeah, it know. had perfect pacing. The plot twist, you know, there were hints for it, but you know, it wasn't obvious. Uh, there were there were just so many things about it. The cinematography, like you said, is just amazing and it was just like scene after scene there wasn't anything that i i didn't like about the movie so i give it a 10. one thing i'm gonna research uh even though like we're doing and filming it right now one thing i would love to know was what the budget was yeah well i think another good thing about the movie is that it wasn't over two hours because blade runner i thought it was like 250 or was it like hour 50 yeah blade runner was like two hours and 30 minutes or something and it was so long and there were parts where it dragged out and i was just like come on you know just get on with it but this movie it was just like it was was like the darkest yeah that is what what you're talking about right now is what for me at least indicates good cinematography if you can make a scene so impactful in just a couple of shots and not milk it and Mm -hmm. let it be drawn out unless it's the intention of course like a plus, honey. Yeah, I never it. got bored, which is yeah. good. Yeah, there's exactly. there's only a few movies I can say I feel like where every scene I felt like was needed for the movie. Yeah. Arrival mm-hmm. is one of them. The Dark Knight is another one. Like I when watched I watched The Dark Knight, you guys haven't seen that. I oh my god, it's like every it's single Batman, right? yeah. yeah, every single scene. I'm just like, wow, this is all equally important. I'm good. Just like I would just like to go on record since he mentioned it and say the only tie to Batman that I have is Miss Poison Ivy. Wow. Well, we love Poison we Ivy. We love Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn, but she's not Batman. She's, she's DC. Um, I think anyways. her and the Joker are so overrated. They are. Oh, wow. Very much. We're getting into this topic, but wow. Oh my gosh. Anyways, this is for a whole other episode. <laughs> we could do a DC episode. Anyway. No, we can't. No, we don't. We, we don't. Not, Never mind. Oopsies. Oh my gosh. Scratch that idea. <laughs> Have you ever watched any of them? The Dark Knight is so good. Even if you don't like Have DC, you at least Heath watch- Ledger. Have you at least oh, watched Birds of Prey? Exactly. We Heath Ledger is awesome. I'd watch it for Heath Ledger. <laughs> did you watch Birds of Prey? It's so good. No, I did not. Oh, I so love good. Sandra Bullock, though. Oh, Sandra Bullock. She's not in Birds of Prey. Oh, wait, no, I was thinking bird cage. Bird box? <laughs> Girl. <laughs> bird box. Uh, oh my I don't, God. like I said, I don't. That's fair. You tried to I say three that. different things. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't care for that, though. I did, Halsey put out a song on that soundtrack that was really good. Yes. Experiment on yeah. Me. That was mm-hmm. a, really, a really good song. Yeah. Which, mm. I'm excited to talk about her movie and the album next week. Yeah, what spoilers. Movie? That's the next Halsey's podcast. movie. For her s- oh, album. yeah, that one. Sorry. Brain melt moment. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be so good. I was like, wait, the one you sent in the group chat? Yeah, that one. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. That's the yeah. end. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah. We love yeah. you. See you. I love you this Bye. week. Bye. Drink yeah. your Red Bull. <laughs> yes, we love you. Drink your Red Bull. Take your meds. Stay healthy.
at the same time? Don't no, don't, don't do, do it at the same time. <laughs> don't do, do it separately. Drink all Red your Bull. medication with your Red Bull. Take your meds, but like don't take them with Red Bull. Just around. drink water. Yeah, how yeah. about just hydrate, besties? Stay, stay hydrated. Yeah. Even if even if the heat's going down. Exactly. Yeah, you still stay gotta hydrated. drink that water. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, take that advice as you Warm may. up the water. If right. it's cold outside, add some lemon. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> or lime or cinnamon or something. Anyways, bye.